Are you longing for real life change and lasting impact? Here at More To Be, we believe that is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Lisa Pulliam. And I'm Leah Pulliam. And together we want to help you think biblically and live transformed. To be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. So you might have heard a new voice there. That's my daughter, Leah, and I'm excited to have her with us today for the podcast. We're going to talk about uh, lots of different things. Uh, Most importantly, what it's like to really own your faith. Um, This is my heart that I've talked to you about my transformation journey and what it's been like to come from a family where the upbringing wasn't Christ-centered and then having to figure that out for my own family, my own marriage, my own adult walk with the Lord that's been going on, oh gosh, I think 25 years at this point or more. And Angela, our normal co-host, has also shared with you her journey and where she sort of had this understanding of who Jesus was and how she walked with the Lord throughout her life. But I thought it'd be neat to have another perspective from a teenager. She's still a teenager. She's only 18 right now at this recording. Uh, But she is in college and has had to navigate what that looks like to begin to own her faith for herself. So I thought before we dive into our normal reading of scripture and kind of getting to the teaching points, which Leah is going to bring to us today, that it'd be nice for you to kind of hear her story in her own words. So Leah, would you share with us what your childhood was like, kind of broad strokes, (laughs) and don't don't rat me out on anything terrible, but, but tell them what it is like to grow up in the family that you grew up in and what your faith has been like for yourself. Awesome. So as you guys can probably guess from listening to my mom, I grew up in a solid Christian home where both my parents loved Jesus. We were in church, in and out of different Bible studies. I was in a Christian school. I knew every Bible story, every answer. Like I was one of those kids that knew the answer to every Jesus question ever. Um, And so that meant growing up, I thought I knew what my faith was, and I thought that my relationship with Jesus was solid and that I was set, Um, which I think people feel at different times throughout their life. But looking back, I can see different times in my life where I really had to learn how to own my faith and that it wasn't just the Sunday school knowledge or what I heard from my parents or um, at school. But I think the first real point was probably fifth grade when my friends told me that um, they did not, or they thought I was cooler now because I acted more like them. And that really hit me because acting more like them meant that I was trying to talk like them or try to listen to the same music or watch the same shows as them. And all of a sudden, I wasn't living for Jesus. I was living for their approval. And so as a young fifth grader, that was one of the first times where I realized, hmm, this is not, I need to make it more real for myself. And then I guess the next big point that in my life that I really remember having to own it was when we moved, um, uh, starting over as a junior in a new school was very hard and um, there was a lot of times during that process where I had to learn what it meant to truly trust Jesus um, and that his plans truly were good. Um, looking back, I can see that they were it was the right thing for our family and so that was pretty cool. Um, and now in college, I'm at a Christian university and so one of the things I had to worry about was being too comfortable in my faith because I realized how easy it is to just get Um, used to being filled constantly with our convocation three times a week and having Bible studies and things like that. Um, So it's been a real journey for me this past semester to learn how to establish my own devotional time and get solid in my relationship with Jesus because I'm not going to be poured into the way I am right now for the rest of my life. 
So that's where I'm at right now. Oh, that's so neat. It's so neat to sit on this end and, and see where God placed his bookmarks in your story. And I don't know if I would have gone back to fifth grade when you were saying that. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, and I remember what happened right after that fifth grade. <laughs> what, what, what was that like transitional point for us? I think that's important to share. We were sitting in our driveway coming back from my church girls group, I think it was. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I said I didn't want to be a Christian anymore, but I just said that I was to the extent of I don't like what's going on right now. I want to be accepted by my friends, but I also want to love Jesus, and I don't know how to have both. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was the gist of it. I remember yeah. saying to you know your sister Abby, uh, "Go on inside, Leah. And I need to work <laughs> this out." And I was panicking as a mom because for me, my my feeling of that was that you were like, you were done, you were cooked, you were tired of the mm-hmm. rules, and you were tired of. For you, I felt like at that point, faith was rules. It wasn't a relationship, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what to do as a mom to help you kind of get over that hurdle. So do you remember what happened next with that situation? And be curious to see if we see it differently. <laughs> I don't I don't I think we prayed and not long after that I think we decided to homeschool me the next year, but I don't really You don't remember the pieces of that puzzle. So yeah. so I, <laughs> I I said to you in that car in that in the garage, I said, "Well, forget it. You don't have to be a Christian, but you still have to follow our family rules." And if you don't want to believe in Jesus, you don't have to believe in Jesus. And you're like, well, that's not what I'm saying. You know, (laughs) there was this like not really wanting to go there. And I offered to mentor you just like I was doing the teenage girls at the boarding school. And you said to me, no. (laughs) (laughs) And I was crushed. I thought, I failed as a mom. She doesn't even want me to mentor her. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. But then the next day you got off the bus and you gave me a hug and came in the front door and said, Mom, I want you to mentor me. <laughs> and that was when we started. Do you remember reading on our in my bedroom on the bed? We kind of had like a weekly thing. Yeah, I can picture the book. I don't remember what it was called, but I can picture it. <laughs> I don't remember the book either. But it turned out, because it really wasn't about the book, it was giving you space as a fifth grader mm-hmm. going you know, into that summer of just really having time to talk yeah. and process. And I think up until that point, even though we talked a lot, you didn't have time to unpack the tensions that you felt. Yeah. So that was the start of it. And then that <laughs> led into homeschooling you that sixth grade year. And it, it, the story is actually in Journey to Freedom, the Bible study. Yeah. <laughs> so, know. yeah, that, that opens that, that book cool. that I've written. Okay. <laughs> so we digress here in storytelling, which you all know that Leah and I like to tell stories. So this can be a problem today. But we, um, what I'd love for us to do is move into some of the scripture passages that you've picked out that, that I know you want to unpack a little bit. Okay. And I want to pick apart uh, the pieces of how your faith really became your own, uh, not just in that transitional move uh, when you were a junior in high school, but I really have seen something that I think I've prayed for for years in you in the last uh, four months. And so I I want to record this as like a stone (laughs) of remembrance of what God is doing in your life and then be able to come back to it at another point and see the measures of growth. So what was the passage you had for us today? Um, Ephesians 5, 8 through 16. Okay, so if you all want to grab your Bibles, I'm going to read it for y'all. And I'm reading from my favorite, my NLT uh, translation. So, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. 
Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that the ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Wow. That's a pretty <laughs> rough passage there. Yeah. What made you choose that one? Well, that was the first passage preached to us at Campus Community at school. David Nasser opened the school year with this passage, and I remember having a similar reaction to what you just had. Whoa, he went there. Uh, because I thought that it was just going to be feel good, let's have some fun. But no, he, he really pushed us to evaluate where our faith was. There's a lot of people that come to my school as believers. There are many who are not, but a, a, the large majority of students there are believers. Um, and so he challenged us to think about where our faith was, where our relationship with the Lord was, um, and mainly verse 14 here where it says awake O sleeper and rise from the dead and christ will give you light he asked us are you dead in your faith are you asleep in your faith are you would if the lord came back today would you be ready would you be able to go before him um and hear him say well done good and faithful servant um or are you just cruising through your walk and just knowing the right answers and knowing the things to say and getting the high when worship is really exciting um and that really made me think i wonder how many kids walk away from Christian universities and fall away from the faith. Not how many kids go to a school or go to college and fall away from the faith, but how many kids after attending Christian universities fall away from the faith because they are not being poured into with chapels and Bible studies and things like that. Um, And I realized that if I wanted to be alive in my faith and have the light of Christ shining on me and through me, that I needed to get serious about my devotional time and intentional about the time that I was spending with the Lord. Yeah. I've seen that, and I know when we were through that junior and senior year process of picking colleges for you and figuring out where you should go, I think your dad and I both felt pretty strongly that you can go anywhere because you were committed, you're loyal, you're committed to the Lord, and yet I worried on if you went to a Christian university, would you just keep on cruising and depending upon the faith that was being fed to you But if you went to a non-Christian university, how much would you struggle being kind of solo in your faith? And, you know, you applied to, I don't know, how many schools did you apply to? Nine? Eight? Seven? Seven. It felt like a dozen. But (laughs) you applied to seven, and only one of them was a Christian university, and that, by God's divine appointment, was the one that you ended up at. And it's been really neat to watch you listen to what you're hearing in the convocations and in the chapels and in the conversations with your friends, processing that out loud and figuring out what do you believe and why do you believe it. But the piece that has excited me the most is your that you're ha- you actually have a devotional time now. And I've seen that with you because you've been home for a month and I'm watching your routines unfold. What was that deciding point that took you from I'm a Christian because I go to church and I go to a school that professes Christ as Lord to this. I need to be in the word for myself. How did you transition from 
that point to the next point? Um, I think it was that sermon that I was just talking about, and it was and it, forcing myself to sit down, which sounds terrible to say I was forcing myself to sit down and read my Bible, but it became one of those things where I wasn't going to walk out of the door for class until I had sat down and read my Bible, even just for a few minutes that, that morning. Um, so how do you know what to read? Because that's a question I hear all the time. I don't know where to start. Well, I, I knew going into college that I wanted to be reading more scripture. So we had gone to like Barnes and Noble before I left and I'd gotten a 100 favorite Bible verses book. Um, and so I've been reading, there's a little devotional and it gives a scripture. And so I'll read the devotional and I'll read the scripture and then I'll open my Bible and read the passage to get the context. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and so that's... I didn't know that people, I did not know that, but isn't that what I talk about all yes, the time? Like we is. have to read the scripture in context and not just pull verses that sound good. Yeah. So that's what I started doing. Um, what I've been doing more since I have been home for break is I'll do that. And then um, I decided that I'm going to try to read through a bunch of books of the Bible through the year. Not the whole Bible yet, but I um, started reading a psalm every day. That's one thing I'll add. Just so I have as much scripture in my devotional time as possible. And I've been reading through Mere Christianity at the moment, reading about a chapter a day. Um, just because there's some theology and good Christian thinking principles in that that I think are also important. Yeah. for my walk with the Lord. So that's what it's been looking like. And I kind of mapped out for the whole year my scripture reading, my devotionals, and my theological Christian thinking reading. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which was a lot of fun. So, um, and so name some of those books that have hit the list, uh, if you can remember them off the top of okay, your head. Okay, so Armor of God by Priscilla Schreier. I'm very excited about that one. Um, the Prodigal God by Tim Keller. Um, i trying to think, what else do I have on there? I think I have I have the, the list somewhere. Okay, I can pull that up. So while you pull up that list, <laughs> I think that's good because I, what you did was you did not pick people who all think the same way. Yeah, I, I, I you know, as I was watching you, kind of figure out what list of books you want to lead, read over the next twelve months. Which y'all, she's a reader. She she devours books, so it's her nature. Uh, but also. Uh, seeing you kind of step out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So do you have that list there? Yeah, I do. Okay, so go ahead and, and name, I don't know, four or five. So one I'm very excited about that my friend gave to me is Knowing God by J.J. Packer. Uh, Crucial Conversations is one you gave me. I don't remember who that's by. Um, Crazy Love by Francis Chan. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard good things about that, but never actually sat down to read that. And Desiring God by... John Piper. I'm very excited about that one. I'm excited about that one, too, because I've become a Piper junkie on his podcast they yeah. they encourage me and they challenge me in my faith so something else that's kind of happened is that you've been recognizing that your way way of worship mm. your form of praising god uh, has been influenced by your personality very much mm -hmm. i think along with the different denominational events that we've been yeah. a part of and being at the school that you're at you are seeing different ways that people express mm -hmm. their faith and that's been unfolding with conversations with your high school besties. Yeah. So can you share a little bit about what that's like? Yeah. Well, so let y'all know, I'm a very emotional, like outgoing, excitable person. I'm pretty loud. I'm constantly told, Leah, shh, be quiet because I'm too loud most of the time. Um, so that's like my personality. But the church we grew up in was non-denominational, but had a lot of Presbyterian roots. And that's just kind of the community that I've grown up in. My best friends are also pretty influenced by the Presbyterian Church. So my faith has been largely theological and lots of thinking about it and less so emotional. 
Um, but at the school I'm at now, a lot of my friends are super emotional about their faith. Um, when we're worshiping, uh, their hands are up. They're very expressive. The way they even talk about the Lord in conversations is much more emotional than what I'm used to, which is weird because it matches my personality, but it's also something I've never done before because that wasn't the community and culture that I grew up in. So that's like the thing I've been wrestling with lately is how do I find the middle ground? Because I think having, um, like knowing theology and having a solid background with your biblical worldview, plus being able to emotionally express praise and love and adoration of the Lord is really important. So I've been, I've been trying to find the middle ground and that's led to cool conversations with my friends who are big thinkers and my friends who are, are very emotional in their faith. So. Yeah, that's been really fun to yeah. hear you process out loud and and seeing that you've surrounded yourself with girls and, and some guys too where you, you are willing to challenge each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that debunks kind of the myth of millennials and, <laughs> and even what do you, you guys are actually... I guess you're called millennials. I should know this, but it, the names are changing so frequently. Yeah. Uh, just being able to say, you know, who am I as a child of God? How do I express my faith as a child of God? And how do I do that in a way that is theologically uh, congruent, really? This is what the word says. So there, this is the way that I can apply it in my life. And it's been, it's just been super fun to see you figure out how how will your faith be your own and I think it's going to emerge with a little flavor of your dad and a little flavor (laughs) of me and a little flavor of your upbringing and a little flavor of the community that God has put you in now so we always end our podcast with like a challenge question I I have a few challenge questions that I have in mind but do you have any specific like challenge reflection point that you would like to pitch out to girls your age uh, maybe girls a little bit younger uh, in particular in terms of what they need to do to own their faith? Well, I guess I can challenge them with the challenge I gave myself this semester after realizing that a lot of people my age, my generation, millennials, below, whatever we're called, um, we love the emotional and the feel-good. And so when it comes to worship, we'll gladly scream out, Praise Jesus, you're holy, all of those, you know, the go-to Christian phrases in worship songs these days. Um, But when we're actually confronted with our own sin and our own issues, um, and actually having to get down to the structure of our faith and what that means, we kind of shy away from it, because it doesn't always feel good. And the reason for that is because it means we have to change. Because we can't commit our lives to the Lord if we're not also willing to live for Him. So that's what I challenged myself with this semester, and I'm going to challenge y'all with, is that especially when you're listening to sermons, allow yourself to be challenged. Be uncomfortable. Um, I never wanted to be comfortable this semester, and that's my goal, to not be comfortable when I'm listening to sermons and when I'm worshiping. Because if I am, that means I'm okay with where I'm at, and I'm not willing to grow and change. So, (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Because that really then goes back to, you said change, and yet... You didn't come from an abusive family. You didn't come from uh, a a life of rebellion. You didn't come from um, serious woundings on Mm -hmm. you. I mean, you've had woundings and you've had brokenness that's been part of your life. But the fact that you could recognize that change is something that should happen in your Christian walk Mm -hmm. is just amazing. And and I want to go back to that scriptures where it says in verse 15, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. 
Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And what I really hear you saying is that owning my faith is about thinking about how I'm living. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to think about how I'm living and be willing to be changed by God, I have to be in uncomfortable places at times Mm -hmm. to have my thinking changed Mm -hmm. and my living thereby changed. Am I getting you? Yes, definitely. (laughs) Getting you. So my challenge question is for mamas out there who are listening, aunts, mentors, uh, anyone who has the opportunity to speak into the life of the next generation is to really um, bring before the Lord those daughters, those sons, those teens that that you want to see God do something in their life and commit to praying for them and waiting on them and then also asking yourself the question, how am I making myself available to them processing out loud. Uh, I know looking back that that sixth grade year with Leah where I was able to homeschool her, and she's the only child I've been able to homeschool, and so it's a little bit more complicated with your siblings to be able to sit with them and hear them out. Mm -hmm. But thinking out loud at home or having the space to think when you want to think, I think is really, really important. And then being able to have those tough conversations. So it's hard as Mm -hmm. a mom, especially as a working mom, to be emotionally and physically present at the same time. Sometimes I'm physically (laughs) there, but emotionally checked out. And sometimes I'm emotionally there, want to emotionally be there, but I'm physically not able to be present. And so uh, I think my encouragement is that just kind of do a little bit of life evaluation and ask the question of, am I available? Uh, to journey alongside this next generation? And if not, what needs to change so that when they're seeking the counsel of the wise, we can be the wise and and be there to help guide in that process? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be my challenge. (laughs) Well, Leah, I'm so glad you were able to be with us today. Uh, It is our time to close in a word of prayer. With, she's giving me the eyes. Don't make me pray, Mom. Don't make me pray. All right, I'll pray. I'm going to close this out in prayer, and then we'll close up this podcast today. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this opportunity to be here with my daughter and our listeners and for the work that you're doing in all of our lives. We, we are each on a different journey, but that transformation work that you want to do in us is relevant for each one of us. You want to take us from where we are to where you have destined us to go, eventually seeing you face-to-face, Jesus. I pray, God, that you would help us to live not as fools but like those who are wise, that you would give us the uh, desire to make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. It's what you call them, God. It's not what I made up, but you call these evil days. And that, God, would you give us the ability to not act thoughtlessly but understand what you want us to do with our time, our talents, our resources, and relationships. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the More To Be podcast. We are praying you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and His Word through being with us today. Be sure to visit moretobe.com slash podcast for show notes and free downloadable resources. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day.